Let's spread a song so you can sing along with one special guest or two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a very special guest. He's, well, and a new guest. He's an actor based out of Chicago, currently on tour with a super secret show. It's Aaron Choi, everyone. Hello, everyone. One of these days, I'm going to actually add applause underneath that. (laughs) Who knows? Or not. I think it's stupid. Uh... How are you, Aaron? Welcome. You know, doing good, doing good. I just opened uh, the show that I'm touring with last night, so oh it's very exciting. We find we got through tech and everything. It's for me personally, it's been a crazy journey. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've seen. So right before we started tech, when we were rehearsing New York, I got COVID. So then, due to protocols, I had to be out for. amount of time before I could like rejoin and all that stuff and test negative all that thing so I had to travel up to (laughs) Schenectady by myself in a rental car so I would be like isolated from everyone and then I also had to like isolate in my hotel room for a few days before I could rejoin and so I had that and then finally like finally I was testing negative rejoined and literally the day after I started, re- I rejoined, I had a bad allergic reaction to whatever they like laundered the sheets and towels in. So then I broke out in like insane hives and had to go get like steroids and all this other thing to hopefully like deal with that. Um, so then they moved me to another hotel and then I oh had an God. issue with the one room that I might was in and then had to be moved to another room. It's been a time. And this is all while I am still technically recovering from COVID, recovering from hives and teching a show that I missed three days of tech for <laughs> because of COVID. So it's been it's been a time, but I, I survived. I'm here and I am excited. That story was more entertaining than this movie that we're about to talk about. Uh <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did. I don't have the childhood attachment that you do to it, which is we're talking about Mrs. Santa Claus, a TV movie from 1996, and I believe it's a Hallmark movie. I don't yes, know. Question mark. I couldn't I remember. I couldn't uh, find where it was presented. You know, and I but I, I saw Hallmark it, was attached. Yeah, I remember it being on CBS. I feel like it was a CBS like produced thing and maybe Hallmark bought it. I who knows. Well, Hallmark Entertainment is one of the production companies, so maybe that's what I'm confusing about. Mm-hmm. It, it I mean, you watch it and you're like this is TV movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to shit on your childhood. Uh <laughs> no, but it's okay because I rewatched it as an adult. I'm like, oh, oh, huh. yes. Um, huh. So the screenplay is by Mark Saltzman. Music and lyrics by Jerry Herman. It's directed by Terry Hughes. And according to IMDb, neglected by her husband during the pre-Christmas rush, Mrs. Claus, Dame Angela Lansbury. We'll get to that in a second. Takes the reindeer and sleigh out for a drive, only to end up. In, stranded in the multicultural neighborhood of Manhattan's Lower East Side in the early 1900s. The yes, yes, yes. There was a lot to unpack in just that. Okay. Uh, so, first of all, I know it's holiday season at this time that this episode will be released, but when we re- we are recording it, like oh a week days after Angela Lansbury unfortunately passed away um so it was I mean it was really pleasant seeing her because obviously Mm -hmm. she has a a a very hearty film career so she's forever in her lives Mm -hmm. um at different stages of her life uh too 
but I was just it was it was very nice to hear her beautiful singing voice and see her face and you know she's having she's having fun in this movie that's that's all I could say the movie itself is 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 it is (laughs) it's a movie it it is it's a movie and it's clearly a made-for-tv movie musical, which was all the rage in the late 90s, early 2000s. Surprisingly. Um, like Very surprisingly, because, like, around then there was, well, this was also, was this the same year that Cinderella came out with Disney, the, believe, uh, with Brandy? If not, it's, like, the year, the next, uh, it's, like, within yeah. three years. Yeah. yeah. And there was this weird, like, movie musical like revolution that kind of happened around that time um not quite as big as when once like chicago hit like Moulin Rouge and chicago hit then it like really took off but yeah i remember like late 90s there was just a string of like made for tv movie musicals and this happened to be one of them and this happened to be just one that my little gay musical theater heart latched on to um, because it's Angela Lansbury, and I've grown up with Angela Lansbury uh, with Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Like, I knew she was in oh. Beauty and the Beast, but, like, Bedknobs and Broomsticks was, I, don't get me wrong, I love Julie Andrews, but Bedknobs and Broomsticks will always be my favorite over Mary Poppins. Like, And see, always. I, I grew up with Angela Lansbury in Murder, She Wrote, where where Jessica Fletcher is the killer. I you cannot change my mind about that. Jessica Fletcher is the killer of the entire series of murders she wrote. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so it, like it I've never seen this movie before. Mrs. the <laughs> Mrs. Santa Claus. I've never I've never even heard of it. So when you picked this and I was like, okay, cool. Let's get started. Let's what Angela Lansbury. Oh no. <laughs> like I just literally just watched it. And it's of course, you know, it's, it's sad. It was a little sad, but I was just like, you know what? She's having fun. She's in one movie and everyone else is in a totally different movie. It feels like, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is. She's, it's the, it's a puzzling movie. One of the biggest takeaways I had from this is, A, I don't know why this hasn't been adapted for, like, a holiday stage production because it's kind of made for that. Like, it's not too deep. It's just fun. And I'm like, this kind of is perfect for, like, a stage production. Who knows? It, there might be an unauthorized version of it like at some regional theater that they do every year. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm also surprised that it's not uh, with you. Yeah. Like like yeah. this screams like you double bill this with a Christmas carol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like this, this is, is a perfect like perfect thing for the this holidays. Is, this is your your children's matinee show and then you do Christmas carol at night. Like different casts of course, not the same cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it, it the movie's like it's not it's definitely not one of the biggest like i took copious notes to be watching this being an adult now i was like oh okay oh oh okay <laughs> but like one of the biggest takeaways i was like none of none of this this plot is not fleshed out these characters are not fleshed out there's a it's a bunch of kind of ideas just kind of thrown yes. at a movie. Yes. And they yes. <laughs> they like try to address a bunch of stuff all at one time. And like, but historically this didn't all happen at the same time. But th- why are we talking about historically? This is a movie about Mrs. Santa Claus. Well, because but it's supposed to be based in 1910. I'm like, okay, yes, all this was kind of happening at the same time. But it didn't all happen at the same time. And allegedly, we have Bob, uh, costume designer Bob Mackie to thank for that because he was the costume designer for this. Yeah. And I was reading on IMDb where apparently 
that they were a little like back and forth as to when they wanted to make this take place. It was between like it was the the ten nineteen tens to nineteen twenties, and Bob Mackie was just like teens because of hemlines. Ha! I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, the costumes <laughs> in this were stunning. Her I... her final look, like when they are going in the sleigh and they're singing. Yeah. I, I don't what I don't even remember the name of the song. The best Christmas of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I her costumes were amazing, but I also have notes about that where I'm like, how did how how did she afford? How did she, like, how did she pay she all just, this? Like, <laughs> magically paid for all of this. Like she's only worked in this factory for a day. How did she? Like I get that they have that line about credit, but I'm like. Ain't nobody gonna give her that much credit for that many outfits. Like, no, 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 no. And then she bought like seven bushels of of carrots and twenty pounds of apples or whatever. Twenty it was. pounds of apples. I'm like, and she charged <laughs> it. She charged it to what's his name? And it's like, go go fuck yourself. What's your name? <laughs> like, uh, Marcello. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh my Which is god. Funny because I was watching this with subtitles and I guess in the subtitles they just pulled straight from the script because some of those names changed <laughs> so, oh I didn't like, even pay attention Marcello's, like Marcello's last name is like Marcello the like uh something Demarcus Italian something. like something something Italian but like the subtitle is a different last name like different last Italian name I was like oh somebody didn't do the job um well i mean i also but... agreed with i also agree with you because i wrote down this movie takes a light-hearted slash almost ignoring approach to serious issues <laughs> like there's yeah. the stuff there's the suffragettes there all, all of a sudden we go into newsies uh yep. the 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 uh what, immigration the, the crusade immigration <laughs> like there, there's all these very heavy subjects that are just kind of like smashed glossed over and then smashed together. Um, I was just shocked re-looking at this. I was just shocked with A, how good some of the music in this is. Oh I mean, God, I'm not yes. surprised because it's Jerry Herman, but like mm-hmm. some of these songs, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember these songs like constantly getting stuck in my head when I was younger. And then re-watching it. I still have some of them stuck in my head now. I mean, Avenue A, though, felt like it was going on for forever. I One of my notes was that a lot of the songs, they're really good, but they're all kind of like B-side Jerry Herman, where it's just kind of like, they're good, but not quite. They're not great. To be in like, they're not great. They're yeah. just, they're good. I, I love Avenue A because it reminds me a lot of like Portobello Road from Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Mm. Like the big kind of like, yes. it's like we're introducing you into this world, which I'm like, I love these songs. I'm a sucker for these songs. Weirdly, when we were in Avenue A, I was thinking of like Tchaikovsky's ballets, where oh, yeah. like the fantasy ballets were all of a sudden we're doing all these they're doing all these dances Mm -hmm. like in um oh crap in the nutcracker where yeah all the different foods that are representatives of countries yeah where it's like clearly you're here to fill time Mm -hmm. i just like avenue a is just hey let's introduce every cultural like group that we're in this street uh, I mean, I, like even in the IMD summary, she stranded in a multicultural neighborhood, and I was when I first read that, I was like, "Is this racist?" Is this racist? Well, but then there's, I was because I forgot where they were located, and then then there was a line that uh, Tavish has later, where in a song where he says, "It's something about like because of you, I can afford living uptown, and uptown is Chelsea. And, like, uptown is not Chelsea. Like, Chelsea's not uptown. But because of where they're located, I'm like, oh, yeah. But you also have to remember, it wasn't as established as it is today in New York City. Sorry, everyone. We're going to talk about New York for a hot second. (laughs) 
<laughs> Welcome to New York Talk with John and Aaron. Uh, I so when when Terrence Mann showed up during a Tavish toy the song, I just wrote mm-hmm. down fucking Terrence Mann being the best villain ever. Oh yeah, I <laughs> although. The minute he mentions mentions Chelsea, I'm like, of course, this old queen is up in Chelsea. Like, although I was wondering, was this potentially written for Tim Curry? It feels like it could have been. Although, I at the time, I don't think Tim Curry would have taken it. To be honest, why not? But that I don't, know, I don't know. I think though, he, this is around the same time as his it. The Stephen King's It. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. But, like, he's also done The Worst Witch, which, if you haven't Mm. seen that, Aaron, my God. Uh, Mm. He's And, like, he's done other musical-y movies and shows and whatnot. So it would make sense. And he's played, like, this type of villain before. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Terrence Mann still did a fantastic job. Not gonna lie, and yeah, man was great. And the Deus Ex Machina at the end, where it's like, oh, all he needed uh, was a bear. Uh, oh, uh, this is teddy bear. <laughs> okay, I I need to say, even as a kid, I was even as a kid, I remember seeing the ending of this movie, being like, what? <laughs> this didn't is it, how this ends. Didn't it also it, kind of remind you of the end of the Santa Claus where? Oh uh, yeah, Tim Allen's character gave the adults the toys that they wanted and that yeah. never. It's very like it's very like kind of weirdly self-serving, but all at the same time, also it just it's just this weird like undertone with with Mrs. Santa Claus with Anna, and she's like, "Oh, August P. Tavish, I remember that name. Oh, Augie Tavish. Oh yeah." Da, 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 da. and i'm like she's th- she has so many running gags throughout this whole yeah movie. and i'm like but wait did you did you read this letter because there's a whole thing at the beginning of the movie where santa doesn't let you read the letters also like well maybe just... me may, okay okay let's let's unpack this let's let's get okay. let's okay. let's let's give some backstory because maybe so we're in what 19 19- Let's say twelve, just because it it yeah. sounds nice. Um, at the beginning of the movie, Santa, yes, shoes her away from reading the letters, but he also complains that there's more kids in the world. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So and he would and Augie was a child in eighteen seventy whatever. Yeah, I didn't really pay attention. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah sorry. Uh, <laughs> so maybe like. I mean, it all that's what, like a 40 year span or something like that. So, and like, obviously, Mr. and Mrs. Claus are going through a rough patch. Like, communication, everyone is very important. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe he did actually talk about Augie Tavish and was just like, oh, he hasn't written to me. I guess we're done with him. Like, yeah. I I mean, I know this movie was only like, an hour and 40 something minutes or whatever or an hour and a half but yeah. like we could have had a little more story i i would get one loved, of the causes i would have loved more story somewhere because it was like a lot of story everywhere and not enough like a story a story so <laughs> is the a story yeah. her wanting an adventure is that what that is that's that's what i consider the a story and then everything else is just like here's a bunch of sprinkles and we threw it at a wall like it okay (laughs) i because there's this weird like there's also i will forever love this movie but i definitely see the flaws in it because as an adult i'm like this doesn't why did we why is this mentioned why is this here like there's this whole like sub like small romance plot with um so, uh soapbox sadie who is the daughter of the like uh boarding house woman that anna miss santa claus stays at and there's this whole like subplot like love story between her and the stable boy marcello but not really because it's not 
well fleshed out at all. And then when um, they and then when they sing, we don't go together at all. I was just like, why is this here? But we don't know either of you. We know like very like we assumed things about the two of you because we like you're a stable boy and you're a suffragette, which I'm like, I guess yes, that means you're ed- probably educated and. Like, I get that, but at the same time, I'm like, there's a lot of just assumptions that we have to go off of. Although I love that song. I think it's a super cute song. It's a nice song, um, but uh, it's also, to, I don't think it fits into this movie. I just love the song. I, I, I it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like it belongs in this movie. Like you said, it doesn't belong in this movie. And I feel like it, it almost feels like it was written for another something or other. But I still love it. Like... <laughs> It feels like it should be in an it feels like it was written for another musical and it just didn't make it. So it's just that's how I feel about some of the songs in this is it feels like some of these were trunk songs that Jerry Herman pulled out is like, okay, this didn't work for this. Let's just rework it for this. Like mm-hmm. one of them being specifically whistle. Whistle does not feel like it, a, it doesn't need to be in this movie at all because the whole it's premise so of that dumb. is so stupid. It's like, oh, hey, oh, I'm feeling bad about my mom who lives there. Let's go to the show. She does a lot in a week, by the way. Like, this is like, supposed to be, this movie is supposed to take place in a week, and she does, yes. she does a lot. Also, oh boy, the. <laughs> the double entendres in this movie are for real. Like at the end when Sadie's like, I've got the biggest mouth on Avenue A, I was just like, weird. What is what? <laughs> there is. <laughs> also, just generally, I love that they're like, let's go see the vaudeville show. And I know that period wise, this is correct, but I was like, then the first shot is basically just a burlesque. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Well, uh, which I, th- I just thought was funny because it, in a where in a weird way, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but the burlesque number, a lot of the costumes look a lot like one of Angela's costumes when she did Harvey Girls. I was literally like just her, about like, to say that way original things. Uh huh. I'm like. Oh, this is like a cute little nod to Harvey Girl because she was is Angela. But it's um, a, it's also how um um Bob Mackie got his bugle beads in the movie. Exactly. Listen, Bob <laughs> Mackie. I love like, I love Bob Mackie's designs. Like it's so it, this movie is tamed Bob Mackie. Like yes. He, yes. he had to rein it in. <laughs> very much Raina in um, sorry just this is one thing that popped in my head about Avenue A there was one line in Avenue A that made me giggle because I'm like this is a weird like reference that I don't think people get but the, there's a line that says great big boya base called Avenue A and I'm like very few people know what a boya base is and I'm like Great. I love this, Jerry Herman. Well, they Thank all... you for making these weird references. Also, when we don't uh we don't go together at all, they mentioned pizza. And I was like, was pizza around at that time? I think so. I think pizza is something that I think pizza came in the eighteen like late eighteen hundreds, I believe. Okay. Uh, I should have looked it up wasn't the... something I don't know. <laughs> should have looked up I don't the history know if of it pizza. Was... <laughs> I don't know if it was widely known. I I watch a lot of Food Network. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is a I great topic then for you. The cross section mm-hmm. of musical theater, Mrs. Santa Claus, and pizza. <laughs> the pizza. history I, of pizza. I just know <laughs> way too much. But it is the music in the show. Like Whistle is such a weird song, but I'm like, it's basically there just to give like Angela and uh, Nora a little like number together and it's a cute number it doesn't need to be in there at all and I'm 
I nice it, I mean I like how they use it later on it's like it's like a little call thing like literally whistle if you're feeling like you're scared or whatever mm -hmm. but then which I was like okay that's cute with the kids and everything which also if we haven't mentioned there's a whole factory of children making toys that oh, only yeah, last like a day. till Christmas you like the uh, Tavish, Tavish Toys, uh, Terrence Mann's character, Augie P, August P. Tavish, who owns Tavish Toys, his whole, the whole point of his toy, the whole point of his toy, like, factory and shop is essentially to deal with childhood trauma and make that trauma onto all the other children in the world like that is his reason for having this toy shop. <gasps> oh my god yes yes because his brother stole his teddy bear that he wanted when he was a child yeah um, and instead of asking santa for another one he just assumed that santa was going to be a douche and never give him another toy so he was like i'm going to make everyone feel the same way i felt that day all the way through my adult years because therapy isn't a thing in this time period. So, so yeah. he has this whole factory. Yeah, I'm gonna build this. Factory. I'm gonna build this toy empire where we make toys that break within days of children receiving it. Made by children for children, just <laughs> casual child labor <laughs> issues. <laughs> <laughs> and like they have a banner in the factory their motto is it only has to last till christmas so literally it just has to last through the packaging yeah but then like then, what happens the other 364 days of the year like if you're a toy shop or if you're making toys you're not i mean i get the parallels to santa's workshop and everything but like yeah, yeah, you're yeah. on the mortal coil or mortal plane or whatever where people are going to buy your toys for birthday presents just a gift a teddy bear just cuz you know a, yeah. uh, like a um uh 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 i don't know if baby showers were a thing but like baby showers or like yeah. a, a newborn yeah. or something like just you fucking would, christmas i mean we're also trying to put some logic to this movie where this movie has almost no logic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, oh! This movie also made me lose my mind because who's Donder? Who's Donder? Uh, oh yeah, Donder. They say I. I was like, Dasher, Dancer, Prince, or Vixen, Comic Cupid, Donner, Blitzen. Wait, Donder, Donner, Thunder, Donner. It's Donner. I looked it up. Everywhere mm -hmm. it says Donner. I don't know why they changed it to donder honestly it could have just been something that angela said and she's like yeah we're keeping this is the it. thing <laughs> like, one take bum done. i um, i lost my mind because she said it <laughs> and rewound it i also watched it with subtitles and it yeah. says donder and she clearly says a d a second d <laughs> and then later like when they're when her and uh santa are flying off at the very end they both yeah, say yeah. donder and i'm like who made this decision to ruin my brain <laughs> uh <laughs> just, yeah that's those are some of the things in this movie but yeah the the the, the whole idea of this factory and the they only make toys that last for like a very short amount of time. I I mean, yeah, it the it's supposed to be the parallel with like Santa's workshop, but if you really think about it, it doesn't super make sense considering they'd be open all year round. Um, yes. Also, they're just kind of shoehorning in the whole like children's crusade into this, which kind of happened around this time period too during suffragette movement too with immigration stuff because we haven't even touched that which there's this whole little thing with um sadie's mom who is afraid of being thrown out of the country like immigration stuff and 
like being a new immigrant and it, there's that also like there's that and she talks about like keeping a suitcase always packed just in case which i'm like if you stay prepared you don't gotta get prepared i don't know um well okay okay so she's also <sighs> i literally just made this connection too like this is supposed to be 19 teens this is way before yeah. nazi germany and she's treating yeah. it like nazi germany and i'm just like girl first of all we're past religious persecution in america at this point for being non-christian even though fuck fuck that noise anyway uh that's a different conversation for another yeah. point time yeah. but like i don't know why she was so it's very weird that she's so I think it's a weird thing to have in there considering they make this whole big push about the fact that Avenue A is this like like amazing multicultural place and yes. yet there's this one story where she's just worried about the police which I'm like which is also, one of the big downfalls about like which is one of the big downfalls of them not fleshing out like characters or backstories because this is a made for TV movie. We're like, why are you so upset about this? And okay. Sure. Also, since we're on the topic of multicultural, there's like one black kid in the in the sweatshop. And I believe mm -hmm. there's like a black couple that we see later, like adults. And yeah. I was just like they were the same which were probably the same black actors that they used as the two black elves at the very beginning of <laughs> the movie. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, multicultural. Okay. Yeah. There's that. And then yeah. there is there were there were there was a Asian dancer that I saw. Okay. And then there were two guys dressed as Asians whether they were actually Asian is beyond me because they went by so quickly but they were dressed very stereotypical like that period Asian oh, which I'm like no. whatever it is the way that it is like I, I know whatever. that there was a black woman who joined the suffragette movement yeah. but I was just like but also I mean I know it's I, yeah I, I don't want to give them the pass by saying it's 90s filmmaking because they didn't they didn't really learn but like we just talked about we also mentioned the cinderella with brandy where that one is yeah every everyone everyone's represented yeah. in that one yeah love it great mm -hmm. i mean unfortunately like with 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 cinderella that was kind of the, a big that was a big deal and so i wouldn't be surprised if part of the reason like this is just not it's just not diverse because it wasn't a thing like right. still 90s it was still not a thing like oh it was well, tough and i mean it's still not a thing like we're it's getting better but it's still not where it should be and right i mean there's we're, we're still like 30 years too late on some yeah. things and you're like okay guys yeah but um anyway yeah anyway the whole like immigrant story thing i definitely Yet, I wish it was fleshed out better because it just feels kind of like, oh, we need to include this. But one thing about this immigrant story thing that, uh, like, long story short, Mrs. North, aka Mrs. Santa Claus, aka Anna, whatever. Also, side tangent, the fact that they went with Mrs. North bugs me to no end. Even as a kid, I was like, this is the why. The one why? thing that I that also bugs me is like they could have done a a sweet little tie-in with Rankin and Bass. So in their Santa Claus movies, Mrs. Claus's name is Jessica. And I was like, why aren't we following that? That would have been amazing. That would um Anna, Mrs. North, Miss Santa Claus talks to the police officer that the landlady is afraid of. And it's like, hey, I want to buy two tickets to the policeman's ball. Can you deliver this for me? Because she's scared of you. And so then there was this weird, like, flirty scene with the cop and the landlady, which, let's be honest, like, Officer Doyle kind of can get it. Because, like, he his little flirtiness was like, hello. Um, 
Side note, the Irish accents in this are all over the place. What Irish accents? (laughs) There's Irish accents in this? (laughs) I mean, Uh, honestly, (laughs) the only one that was convincing was... If you say Nora, I'm going to bitch slap you. No, was (laughs) Nora's dad, who only has like four lines this entire thing. Right. And they actually sound correct. Because he has the four lines, though, he could hold on to it. Unlike Nora, it's one or the other. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And it's in the same scene. It changes like four times to go back and forth. So Officer Doyle invites the landlady and then the landlady decides, oh, I guess he's not so bad. And then later on, she starts unpacking her like go bag, go bag. and she's like <laughs> it's like okay and she pulls out this candlestick and she's like the other one was lost and she puts it up and at the end of the movie she opens a gift and it's the other candlestick and it looks like it's from sadie i'm like sadie were you holding on to this thing this entire time i think it's where did supposed you find to be santa magic i think it's santa Is magic it? that's how okay. i read it. i I read it as like Sadie, you bitch. Like you've been hiding this this entire time. Or maybe, or maybe it's like, um, not really gift of the magi, but like you know, maybe she found it and bought it for her mom. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I just it was one of those weird things. I'm like, this is weird. What? What? Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of weird things in this movie. Oh, can I can I tell you something that I think yes. you'll really appreciate? So yes, 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 yes. I I wrote this down, and I'm gonna read it verbatim as I wrote it. I dramatically gay gasped when Arville told Santa Mrs. Claus was gone for two days and he hadn't noticed. It was like a <gasps> yes, yes. Like I knew it was coming. I I knew it because that's the whole point. He's a workaholic. His nose is in the letters and everything. But I'm like, two days? It's been two days. Also, the way Arvo just is like, two, like, two days. I was like, (laughs) also, just side note Michael Jeter is a treasure that a lot of people don't know. And he plays this elf named Arvo in this, but some people may know him. Um, he was on—I can't remember what—he was on a show as a—he was a teacher and a coach, football coach on a like com, like in the eighties, I believe. Which half people will know him from that. Other half will probably know him as the titular Mister Noodle from Elmo's World. Which is on Sesame Street. Well, see, I, I, I know him from other things because he was I in. I knew him from other things as well, and it's funny because I then was like, "Oh, he's done a lot of other stuff too." Uh huh. I I remember him from Sister Act Two, Back in the Habit, where he played yeah. one of the fathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. like, he's he is like '90s character actor. Oh yeah. Or yeah. 80s, 90s. I looked him up and I was like, oh my God, he's been in a lot of things. Also, Charles Durning, who played Santa outside of this movie, has played Santa six times. He's a perfect he's a perfect Santa though. Like and one of one of look them, at him. One of the movies came out the same year and it was Sesame Street Elmo Saves Christmas. Of course it was. I love it. And like also I gave them credit because he represent the the uh the larger male actors. Mm-hmm. You know, he they may have yeah. like padded him just a little bit, but he is a larger actor. Yeah. I remember I remember seeing him in non-Santa related things, and I'm like, oh yes, mm-hmm. you are a big dude. Yeah. So um I was just happy that like he was kind of the perfect Santa, but I remember like I have notes about like Santa, like, the beginning of the movie, like, Santa, like, straight up legit neglects. Oh, yeah, he's a dick. Mr. Santa Claus, like, he's awful. I was like, oh, wow, I forgot how kind of awful Santa is at the beginning of this movie. Like, he just kind of ignores her, doesn't, like, pay attention at all. And the fact that, like, you're the gay gasp when 
he Arvo's like, she's been gone for two days and you didn't notice. I'm like, I clutched the pearls. Me. I clutched my pearls that I am not wearing. But also, also the Mrs. Mrs. Claus has a running gag by going to the um uh the Salvation Army uh Santas, you know, the ones that are ringing the bell for coins yeah. or whatever. Does she yeah. not know that they're not really Santa? Like I I think I don't know. I the way I always the way I interpreted it was she's happy that someone that they're kind of representing Santa because she does make that she does make that comment of like the boots are incorrect, but we were saying therapy doesn't exist at this time. Is she using them as therapy in a way? A therapy Maybe. Tool? Maybe oh a little bit. Who knows? Oh it's, oh I mean, ugh. the number that I love in this of hers. There, I mean, she has two numbers that I really love. I really think Almost Young is just super adorable. Like when she's singing with the kids, it's is it's not a phenomenal song, but it's like that perfect song for her age as a performer and also as the character. I'm like, this is kind of and a great little song for you to have here. That felt like a Disney song, a Disney Channel movie, yeah. song, or a Wonderful World of Disney song, because yeah. it had the stereotypical kids laughing while she's singing. They're dancing. They're they're causing a ruckus, but they're they're highly choreographed. It's not like they're oh, yeah. freestyle. You know, no, it's yeah. they are dancing. But mm-hmm. yeah, and what was the what's yeah. the other one that you like of hers? I I really love He Needs Me, as weirdly problematic as that song kind of is. I mean, it's also Angela singing. So. It's Angela singing it. But it's essentially like He Needs Me is essentially um, the, is essentially the same song as uh, from Oliver, Nancy's song. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The As long as as long as he needs me. He needs me as long as he needs me. And they're essentially the same song. (laughs) But is Angela singing and belting her 11 o'clock number, which is weird because the song is supposed to be the the 11 o'clock number. And I remember when it started, I'm like, this doesn't sound like an 11 o'clock number. This is just kind of like a mid-tone song. Uh And then she has that weird like dialogue break. And then it goes like, whoo, like, okay. Here we go. This is the eleven o'clock number. <laughs> Thank you, Angela. Um, oh my god! It, this is a wild movie. <laughs> like, it fe- it also feels uh, like it's a passion project, right? Oh yeah. I just don't know whose, but it feels like somebody on that set was like, "I've been wanting to make this movie for decades." <laughs> Maybe Angela. Yeah, there are a few little things that happen in this movie that I'm pretty sure were like mishaps that they just left in the movie like when she picks up the carrots and the carrot breaks and she's like "Ooh, nice and crunchy just the way they like them <laughs> like there's guaranteed they kept that there's um when they're collecting the tavish toys there's a box underneath with the cart oh what no oh no go ahead so when they're outside of like a building Macy's yeah. maybe I don't know there's a box like underneath the cart that they just kept in like th- th- I guess that was the good take I was talking about when they're doing that someone like when they're dropping down the present someone like pelted Angela with a present and like who here and be- there's even an ADR line that they put in there that's like sorry lady like- oopsies <laughs> also the ADR in this movie is wild because some of it is a lot of it's not good. <laughs> I think I was reading that they filmed this in a month. Yeah, they filmed it from August 12th to September 19th, 1996. And then it like came out in December. <laughs> like, So this was, I mean, yeah. TV movies. It's pretty fast paced. Uh, but it's Aaron, Aaron, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? I don't think so. I, I mean, we went through everything that... I had I had one weird little buggy thing that annoyed me is the fact that Nora's baby brother is way too young to be Nora's baby brother. <laughs> like, yeah, because they've been there for not... what, like two years or something, and I'm just yeah. like, how old is that baby? 
Uh, that baby, not Mr. Killarney's, that's for sure. <laughs> like, baby brother would have been at least two years old by then, but nope, baby brother came in in a bundle. I'm like, is, who is baby six, is that? It's like six months old or whatever, and you're like, who's that baby? Who, <laughs> who baby? Who they baby? never, they also, I don't think they ever really mention the baby, do they? They do. They, so Nora flat out says she misses her mother and her baby brother. And I'm like, if the baby was born before you came to the U.S., which was like two years ago, that baby would be a toddler now. They ran out of money to hire a toddler. They could have just pulled one of the kids from the factory, dressed them differently. It would have been fine. <laughs> Dyed their hair red or whatever. Yeah. 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 Fine. Red hair. You're Irish. Good. There right. we go. <laughs> Let's get into sharp and flat, shall we? Yes. Sharp. Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Aaron, do you want to go first with your sharps? First of all, sharp across the board. Dame Angela Lansbury, period. Yes, agreed. Like, a thousand percent. Everything she did in this, no notes, love her. Like, like very she's, clearly she's super camp and i think it's on purpose i want to say mm-hmm. it's on purpose but <laughs> yeah i think she knew what she was doing in this like she very much was aware what kind of movie she was doing um and she just did it and she performed she performed her ass off like she always does and she was charming and adorable and have the right emotion for what you needed for this movie. Um, even in her very weird monologue at the end with Tavish, where it's literally a written monologue to sum up this entire movie, but whatever is fine. She still Wild. expertly, expertly did it. And it was like somewhat believable. <laughs> Get it, Angela. Um, but Angela, Sharp, sharp, sharps across the board. I love Angela Rest so in much. Peace, in this. Diva, but thank you Rest for doing. Peace. Thank you uh, for doing the Lord's work in this movie. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, generally, just like the base plot of this movie, I I love. I love the idea of like Mrs. Santa Claus going out and being like, "I'm going to be my own woman for a hot second. I'm taking my mm-hmm. life into my own hands." I love that. I wish it was done better. <laughs> but yes. I think the idea is a very is a very compelling idea. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone else takes it and kind of like redoes it at some point because it can be done. I mean, honestly, I think it should be done. But anyway. Um, and my other sharp for me personally, I know it's stupid, but fucking Avenue A, I just love. <laughs> I love I love it so much. It is. I mean, it is a fun dancing number. I will say. I will agree with you. It's just a little too long. Like just a little. It's a little oh, yes, a little yes. But also, just as a side sharp, the uh, Mrs. Brandenheim and uh, the other like random neighborhood woman. Two oh, of my yeah. favorite like cameo characters that like pop up and then disappear, then pop up again and then disappear. I'm like. Thank you for being here. <laughs> uh, so I wrote, I agree with you a thousand percent about Dame Angela Lansbury as being like the sharpest of all sharps in this movie. Mm-hmm. And in general, now I went a little camp with my sharps after that. <laughs> I wrote down, I sharped how everyone's accents come and go. Um, <laughs> especially Nora. No, oh, dear sweet baby girl. We know you're American. Oh boy, um, and I also sharp that I didn't have to pay for it. However, a segue into my flats. Um, mm-hmm. So this is available as of this recording. It was available on Prime through Freebie, and you had to watch it with ads and everything. But the Freebie ads didn't line up with the built-in commercial breaks, and I was <laughs> very upset about that because I was 
trying to stay with it. I was trying to stay with it. And then all of a sudden it's like a minute and a half of commercial breaks in the middle of a scene. Eh, like, what? how dare you? So I got it through Prime, but then I also just went ahead and paid for like the, the channel it was on. Yeah, I didn't do I, I We're not doing that. Totally understand that. My other flats are um, the fact that they didn't call Mrs. Claus Jessica off of the Rankin and Bass to make it a sweet little Easter egg. Um, yes, yes, I'm camp and I'm going with it. And then my last flat is the bizarre acting in this movie. We didn't really talk about it, but like, I mean, Angela is in one movie. I feel like the kids are in a Disney Channel movie. The Jewish mother is in a Holocaust movie. Like, Everyone feels like they're in something different. Um, what's his name? Marcello is trying so hard to mm-hmm. be a stereotypical male ingenue lead. Meanwhile, what's her name? Um, Sadie is like, hey, bitch, I'm an independent woman. Like, I don't need you to yeah. do these things. So yeah. fuck off. Mm-hmm. But hey, we're in love. Uh, like, like that's uh, yeah. that's a mute that's there's a I feel like that's a trope in musical theater a lot yeah and I can't really think of a show as an example but I know I've seen it before of the guy trying to be the stereotypical like I'm being romantic I'm putting my coat down so you don't have to what you don't have mm-hmm. to like get your shoe wet in a puddle and it's like what why would you do this no one does this yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I'm sure right. there is. There is something. It. it feels yeah. tropey to me. Uh, but those yeah. are really my flats. Uh, as as much yeah. fun as it was watching people act in different movies, I was like, this is a little... I get, and, and also, I'm also going to flat the fact that like they touch upon this, these historical moments but don't follow through with them, really. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my flats for this were a the script in general it was just such a like nothing's fleshed out nothing is there's no the only through line is literally angela lansbury that's the only through line in this entire movie i wholeheartedly agree everyone's kind of acting in different movies for this one movie and it's bizarre it's cute Um, you think there was a script i know there's a screenwriter involved but i feel like it was written on dinner napkins yeah the other flat that i had for this was the amount of reprises and themes being reused for everything it was just over and over and over i'm like i get it there's only so much budget and they have jerry herman on this but still this is a lot um I think my la- my last flat is just like the ending in general. I don't love the ending of this this entire thing. I like all the way from Tavish through like the very end where it's like Got it. Santa's now magically like, yes, you're back. Hooray. Da, da, da. Like it's just it, it wraps it up too neatly for me personally. I hate when it's this for me when it comes to musicals or anything like this. I have a very love-hate relationship with, like, tying things in a bow. Sometimes mm. it feels very appropriate. Other times it doesn't. And for some reason with this movie, it just felt too rushed and too, like, we're forcing the bow onto this because yes. we have to. Yes. Um, yes. It although was... she, although that final costume she's in is amazing. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, But, like, that's the look you're you're more yeah. so flatting the again the paper napkins that the that this was yeah. written yeah. and i'm using that word loosely also also just out of the songs the best christmas of all not the best song of all in this show like that's the fin- that's the finale song the best uh, christmas yeah. of all it's just kind of this like post credit of like what's happening in New York. Like it's just it's not great. And you have Santa and you have Santa and Mrs. Claus in their sled against a green screen. 
And then it cuts back to New York with things happening. And it's just like, oh, no. It's so... I mean, they did... Um, They used another song. I'm trying to find it now. It's when they're trying to cheer up Santa. Uh, you need a little, uh, need a little Christmas. We need a little Mame. Christmas from Mame, yep. yeah, which is also another Jerry Herman. I was like, yep. couldn't you just like fill throw that? Oh well, maybe you'd have to deal with like. Well, no, he owns the rights. Well, I yeah. I, I wonder who but, owns the rights to that song because they could have like thrown it in there and been like Angela sing reprise it goodbye mm-hmm. like. I think I think it was. I think the reason they used that was as a little nod to her was, hey, this is a fun little thing. If you know, the only people who know that is if they know Mame and they know Angela. If they're in the musical theater kind of spectrum of knowing Angela, knowing Mame, and knowing Jerry Herman. Like, and they could use that song because it's Jerry Herman. So it was like, oh, we'll just use this song. Boom. That, that scene was also oh. insane. Uh, Aaron, it's insane would, and weird. <laughs> would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Of course I would. Avenue A. Every time I go to a new city. Welcome to X City. That's what I would love for things to happen. Oh I just God. want that every... While I'm on this tour, every new city I go into, I enter into, I expect them to do a full production number explaining me the world that I'm going to be in for the next week. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I <laughs> I said no. As much as, as much as I liked Angela singing and everything, uh, there wasn't really anything that grabbed my attention that well. Yeah. And yeah, I think I'd rather hear her sing We Need a Little Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, and on that note, we're done with the episode. I don't have to talk about this movie again. Yes! Uh, (laughs) Erin, is there anything you'd like to plug or promote? Um, you can find me on Instagram at TrueAaronChoy. I'm also on TikTok with the same, uh, with the same name. So find me there. That's really the only social media stuff that I do. So, yeah. And before I get into my socials, I wanna, I want to pr- plug the Beards and Sundries podcast, which is how Aaron and I actually met. Because uh, Jay who Routabush, who was on this podcast, we were talking about Hello Dolly, um, actually suggested you as a guest, and because oh, nice. you did their artwork or something i didn't do their artwork i just made artwork for For them them. because i was it was it was during my it was during my covid quarantine so i couldn't go anywhere and so i was just doing sets like i just did artwork i just drew some i just drew them and i was like here you guys go and so it's crazy because i've become friends with them I did, I literally found them through TikTok. Like I saw one of their first TikToks. Yes. And I was like, oh, three gay men with beards? How attractive. You have a podcast? <laughs> attractive. And so that's how I found them. And then that led to me finding you because of Jay. Jay and yeah. then yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. I don't know where this is in our fake feud, but like if it's still happening with me and Beers and Sundry and well specifically Anthony um hooray it's still going and if it's not well then you gotta listen to the episode 14 that I was on with them in order to understand what I'm talking about uh, <laughs> 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 don't say a word make them do the work make my listeners do the work and find out uh, <laughs> uh, and if you wanna I don't know, talk to me more about Angela or this movie, you can. You can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Do you agree with me that they should have named her Jessica for the Rankin and Bass Easter egg? Maybe I'll make that a poll when this episode comes out. 
And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be doing what I'm calling a Mr. Hankyathon. Yes, we're doing South Park, everyone. Woo! Specifically, season one's Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Pooh, and season three, Mr. Hanky's Christmas Classics. Yes, holiday time. Woo! Woo! Aaron, thank you so much for coming on and. Oh God, this was, this was, this. <laughs> I'm so, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you saw it as an adult and you're like, oh no, because I was a little afraid of really shitting on your childhood and everything. Cause this movie is not good. <laughs> oh no, this movie is not good. Okay, and good. As an okay. adult, I see that. As an adult, I see that. It will still live in a, it will still live in a slightly shit upon childhood memory, <laughs> but um, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry if I if I oh. ruined your childhood. Just like no. Tav, just like Tavish. My Tav childhood has already been ruined. <laughs> oh no! Did your brother steal your teddy bear from Santa? Yes, and that is why I have decided to create an entire toy factory. <laughs> right this minute to get back and deal with my trauma. I know I noticed that there's a bunch of children, you know, with behind you looking very depressed and chained to chairs. What's what's going on back there? Are you okay? Nothing. There's nothing. Oh okay. 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 Well um (laughs) non visual jokes. This is actually where all the toys for beards and sundries get made. Anyway Yes, I have an ally. <laughs> oh my god. Uh Aaron, thank you so much for coming on and uh bye for now everyone. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.